Jim Rome, get off my radio show. Good Lord, I didn't know we paid for Romy. I didn't either. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. here with you on the, uh, with you. I'm sick, I'm ill, and people are going to hear this today because I'm, I'm not going to do well. But we're here at uh, G-Migs, steak night, come on down here. I am sitting as far away David from is, you as yes. humanly possible. I might have the influenza. I might just have you the cough have the cold. Influence. I might have the cold. Well, I have, I have fever and chills and all that stuff. Uh, in order to have the influenza, you can't breathe. I'll be fine tomorrow. <laughs> Anyway, you know what you got, though? What? A lack of Corona. <laughs> I, hope I, know. I did bring a Corona to your house the other day and didn't drink it. But I'm surprised. By the way, and I, w- I don't want to get too deep into this. but Why not? It's called load testing. And let me tell you, I test my uh, I test Whitey every morning at about 6 a.m. with a full load. And That's I find not out what, important to our but, people enjoying but, steak night here uh, okay. G- Mates. But let me tell you, if you have been in Kinnick Stadium or around Kinnick Stadium on game day, you know why cell phones don't work when thousands of people are together in Iowa towns. They don't work because you can't, and it's called load testing. It's an actual IT thing that you can do that they didn't. That's all I'm going to say. I, in I case feel you, for, don't, in case you them, don't know what I Brett's talking them, about, I he, do, he is but, talking about the Iowa caucus Situation with the inability to report the app results. not working. Right. And because, I believe that was the because problem. Because in St. Lucas, Iowa, when all 419 people were in the same bar, it's one, it's one doing, cell their, tower. doing yes. their deal, the cell tower is going to be overloaded. Should have had a hard line and not been counting on Wi Fi or cell phone. I'm just saying, I, I've heard enough guys on the radio now talk, people calling in, talking on radio shows. All right, we got it. That's what it was. Anyway, okay. I was just trying to be, have fun with the load. I realize I thought I was being that funny. We it's been a long day. Normal, I am sweating, too, right now. Normally so. political, but neither one of us had to caucus last night. No, we didn't. Uh, although our, our friend Brad Halley went ahead and just went to the other side to hang out and see. Was he, he was a, a uh, observer or participant? I believe he participated. He All did. right. Uh, anyway, so that I've done that before, but they tried to elect me to go to the state Well, you're very convention. verbose. Right, and, I, and I'm like, really, people, you don't want me to do that. Well, why? Because I'm not on your side. I'm just talking you into this one dude. Anyway, in the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes, so much to choose from this week, and I'm going to have to, we're going to have to start this with wrestling because you bring in the number two ranked team in the country, the dynasty that's been over the last five to ten years in Penn State, and you have a raucous crowd, the most watched wrestling meet in the history of television, it's BTN, but no, nobody's ever watched. There's never been in a the bigger... history of television. Yes, I mean, think about it. Is, is there is oh, there any other wrestling I, network? I can uh, WrestleMania three when the about, Macho Man okay. took on Hulk Hogan. College wrestling. It's the the biggest, the most watched BTN broadcast in history. And as far as I know, for wrestling, yes, it's the only network that actually broadcasts wrestling meets that anybody pays attention to. So, well, the SEC network doesn't, but they do have a nice badminton. Women's badminton channel. If you can throw wrenches, you can hit a badminton birdie. I'm telling you. It's called so, a shuttlecock. Shuttlecock. Now we're going to go down that road. Well, no? it's All just right. what it's called. Uh, anyway, Iowa wins at 19-17. to 17. They come from behind in a dramatic fashion. Of course, uh, Austin Santos gets hurt. Uh, he's I out. Have, I we have don't have ins- an update. I, do have, I do. I have insider information. You do, because Tom Brand said today, well, we don't have to amputate, and that's all he would say, which is funny because that's about what he would say, right? But Well, this is this is the inside information that I have from in, insiders inside. Okay. Okay? And I can't claim this to be true, so this is complete and utter scuttlebutt and rumor. DeSantos got scared 
was likely about to get pinned and didn't know what to do. I'm not suggesting there wasn't pain on his knee. Tom Brand suggested as much yesterday, going, I think he could have handled that a little bit differently, sucked it up, and maybe finished and turned that match around. So this, because you look, uh, look, his knee uh, is it, fine. That'd be great. He had a minor tweak, tweak twist, sprain. That'd call, be great. It would. Call it what you want. He did not get to go to Michigan State um, for for the for the win on uh, Sunday, thirty-two to three. Right. Yes. So he was out for that for that meet. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's out until Oklahoma State, if he even gets to go and do that. He might be out until the Big Tens, um, and it might be more punishment as opposed to... If you're really hurt, then you're hurt, and if you're not, you're not. We're going to win these matches, any these meets anyway. Right. So um, so you need, to, you need to regain your mental yeah. uh, focus as much as your knee focus. I, and I, so let's presume that the wrestlers who told me this, who have inside information from, you know, a cousin's brother, somebody. Because that wrestling community is very, very tight. And they explained that to me, and I went, huh. And the person I was talking to is like, "Um, he was about to get pinned. He should have got pinned on the first one, and he was about to get pinned when that dude cradled him up on the second one. And he panicked and freaked out and said his knee hurt. (laughs) Is what is essentially what we have. So anyway, I'm not, and far be it for me to call DeSantos a, a wimp out or no, a tap out nah. or whatever you want to call it. Especially what, since we don't know that. To be we the don't case, know that. Right? Had he got pinned, it would have been six points to Penn State. But um, clearly, he did not wrestle the match that he wanted to. He's going to have an opportunity to go up against that kid in the Big Ten tournament. He's going to have a, uh, potentially an opportunity to go up against that kid. In the, the, in the yeah. NCAA. Um, but that's a guy that, that you're looking at to get you points, <laughs> bonus points, and, and wins in both those meets um, beyond the dual meets that, that remain. And so it's important that he gets his knee and his head back in the right place. Well, it certainly was still. I mean, that, and then of course, Brand's losing a, a point, which they which is a second meet in a row. I don't get off. Well, I mean, well, really, what does he say? I don't know, but I'm just. I mean, it, is he pulling the bull Durham? I mean, it, it ended up. Not, is he bringing up Sears? R- right, exactly. Sears and Roebuck. I don't think so. I think those guys know those referees. They should are, not. He should not be getting. I mean, once okay, fine. But I, I was really, I was really upset at you know because I was watching the whole thing and standing there straight in front of the television screaming at him. I'm like, what are you doing? And, it, and you know, it cost them. They weren't tied going to the break because of that right. point. Right now, at the end, didn't matter. Right, they needed two points to win. That that one point didn't end up hurting them. It was essentially tied, even though they're down seventeen sixteen. They get the win from Cassiope, who. So between the Cassiope match and the Kemmerer match, um, I rewatched the Kemmerer match. Oh man, was that great! I mean, it really was. He, he broke just, him. He broke him. He did. I, it's, it's a good way to put it because that kid. Am I right? That kid had not lost like since high school, right? I mean, something like that. I mean, he, they he won. I think they said six state championships. He started. He won the state championship when he was seven years old. When he was in the fifth grade, mm, seventh. You know, you know, really seriously. I right. Mean, I mean, that's how good that kid is. Number one uh, ranked until Kemmerer. Now I believe has moved up. I'm 100 percent sure. Oh, about I'm that. sure. 
But Kimmerer back, man. It was great. It was great. And in Cassiope, it looked like maybe he'd given up the leg. He's standing up, and it looked like. But then he made a great move too. It's been. It was so fun. Carver exploded. Um, and it was fun to watch, you know, th- that many people at a wrestling meet uh, on, on TV having a good time. 15,000. 15,000. That's something to be proud of for us. It really is. <laughs> well, actually, in this case, it is. Well, they've got uh, well, the, then, one, one match this week. They're one meet this week. They're at Michigan on Saturday, 7 p.m. But followed up on Sunday with another 15,000. Oh, yeah. It, Welcome the Hawkeye basketball, right. men's basketball team back into the arena. And what a show that was. Well, particularly, um, I, I've only watched Illinois once this year. I think I've watched them play in like I, four different games, but they, they, frankly, they play a boring style of basketball. And the one other game I did watch them watch, they were killing Purdue. They, I mean, Purdue had like 18 with... Yeah, Purdue scored 32 or 37 or points or something like in, that Illinois, during the at game. Illinois. But right. this is what we said the other day when we sat down and watched the Super Bowl. Illinois good. I they're, mean, they're very good. Brad Underwood has done a fabulous job with his recruiting. He's brought uh, guys in. He's also changed up his game. Remember a couple of years ago, their whole thing was just they're going to get out and press you as hard as they could and hack you as much as they could. Because they can't call a foul on every single play, right? right? And that was, literally, that was literally how they were playing, and they were getting beat, right? And they, they didn't have the talent to run that. And what they've got now is they've got the talent to, to run a, a little bit more effective style of play. And they were good. And, and, you know, Iowa had a number of times when they had come back there in the second half, taken the lead, and Illinois took it away. You know, they made, they came back from six down, they came back from eight down, they came back from four down, and then Iowa, the same thing, getting down five, uh, four, Iowa, 59, 55 with about six minutes to go, maybe five. Iowa, Iowa was down 23, 15, immediately comes back and ties it at 23. Uh, Illinois goes up like, I don't know, was it 31, 26 or whatever, and Iowa gets it back to 31, 30 or, or tie. I think, weren't they down one at the Down at one half. at halftime, yeah. Illinois gets up four, Iowa gets right back. But you're exactly to the point. And, and this has happened, I, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, the last two games, in the last five minutes of the basketball game between Wisconsin and, and Illinois, both at home, I don't think they've scored 10 points between the two of them. Well, the other no, uh, because Iowa had the big run against Wisconsin. What was it twenty three to five or something? And I believe had they not hit that the last three pointer the other day, made it. Uh, it was like a fifteen to three or fifteen to five run uh, in the last five minutes for Iowa, and then you know Illinois made one right at the very end. But they had a big run as well, and I agree with you. And the thing that's that here's here's the difference. It's just easy to see, right? You just look, and Iowa was behind in the Michigan game with five minutes to go. Under five to go, they're de- they're behind uh, against uh, against Rutgers. They're behind with under five minutes to go against Wisconsin. They're behind with under five to go. No, against Illinois. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. well, maybe. Okay, it was right on. It was right. It on. was close. Right. My point is, these guys are closing basketball games, whereas Fran's teams typically have fallen apart at the end of basketball. I think games. we need falling apart. I think we need to quit talking about what used to be and just focus on what is. Well, it's it's, and, and it's this noticeable past, though. It's, it's more than other teams would do at this point. Well, but let's let's look at Sunday for example. They run a they run clock, which drives me nuts. Let's waste twenty seconds and then run our ten second offense, and they kick it out to Luca and he misses a three. Illinois comes down and scores, and now now instead of being up. 11 or 12 or up 8 or something like that. Come back, wait, wait, change the set a little bit. Luca gets a wide open three, knocks it down with 32 seconds to go. 
basically sealing the deal. And then, of course, uh, the final exclamation point with Joe Wieskamp doing the dunk, which caused the Illinois coaches to get all pissed off about, oh, my goodness, that's BS, that's this, that's that. And I'm thinking, you know what? You just got beat. And don't if you don't want to get a dunk on you? Don't press. Why are you still pressing? No, if you want to back off, they just stood down there. I've seen Fran do it. They just stood down there and dribbled it out. But instead, but you were trying to press. Not only were they pressing, they were hacking. They were chasing. They were trying to foul. Yeah. And then Joe got ahead of him and made the dunk. And I mean, what's going to do? Exclamation yeah. point in front of fifteen thousand people. You're going to just dribble it out and go over in the corner and uh, screw that dunk. If I could ever dunk, I'd have dunked. It's just this is not football. You don't get four plays for running away from the hoop and having them tackle you next to the end line. Right? That's right. Which, by the way, screwed all of the uh, Patrick Mahomes rushing stats the other that night. That was that was something. Uh, uh, thankfully, about- I did not have that in in any of the prop plays. That would have been a horrible beat. So Connor McCaffrey in this game, seven assists, no turnovers. Leads the country. Leads the country. He has twenty-two steals to twenty uh, to twenty turnovers on the year. That's leads insane. Leads the country in turnovers to assist ratio, or assist to turnover ratio. Um, don't forget. I mean, seriously, I realize, and he he knocked down a couple. He made three threes the other day, right? Three, uh-huh. including which after, is three more shots than he made the previous three games. And and, and after really. Choking on one, right? Double right. clutching, not sure he wanted to shoot it. He missed it. And somebody mentioned that one of the things that CJ CJ Frederick does a lot of little things. He went by him and just said, "That's a good shot. Do it again." That's how teams. That's how teams should work, right? There's right. no. There's no. Hey, dude, you know we're open. Don't worry about it. No, it's shoot it again, right? So what's he do? Wave waves himself over into the corner. They leave him open again because Brad Underwood's like, "We're well, only going to guard four of their guys, and we're not three? guarding him." Yeah, well. They didn't really go. They didn't really guard Joe Toussaint, and Fran made a great, a great strategic move, taking Toussaint out, Connor, Joe, CJ, yeah, Kreener, at least, and Luca. At the very least, you've got guys in there who can deliver in that in that way, and and they're going to play. He said about Kreener, he's like, he plays smarter than my other guys. He said, I, I, I want him in there at the end of games, and so I, you know. Um, well, I, the fact that the give, bench the bench didn't score yet, Kreener's got like six games with double do, double digits. <laughs> That was an anomaly. It was on an Sun, anomaly. It was on Sunday. I'm not sure anybody else could score on a bench. But Connor McCaffrey get in trouble for his post game comments. I'm, I'm, I'm with of, whom? His mother. He was specifically calling out Tom Eads. I don't know. We can talk about that. We well, back. at least somebody should. Yeah, that somebody should. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com coming up here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we are back here in the Hawkeye Huddle. Maybe turn it down just a little bit because we're going to want Tom to be able to hear us just right. Okay, very good. We're back here at G-Migs in West Des Moines. 1700 The Champ and around the world at the HawkeyeHuddle.com. Brett Ridge. Dave Creighton Jr. with you, as we are each week from 6 to 7 o'clock here on Tuesdays. I don't know if I just made an echo or not. Well, we'll find out. Guess we will. When we when we talk to Tom here. It, I don't think that one does any, any good because there's no plug-in to it for the voice. Well, then that probably doesn't do anything, the, the board you're messing with there. That this one does, probably, but these, these do here. Okay. We gave you. you know, we, Shut we, up. We gave you control of the board. I understand this. This is really bad. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com joins us each week here at about this time on uh, the Hawkeye Huddle. And, uh, Tom, good afternoon. Uh, um, welcome to the Huddle. And, and what is a joyous day, by the way, because the devil himself has removed himself from the Big Ten. And we will and, and 
we will no longer have to, to see Mark D'Antonio standing over a shaking, quivering Iowa Hawkeye bitching at the referees because somehow it was a bad call. And we won't see kids get out of prison and play from Thursday to Saturday. I'm not why I don't know why I'm leading him down this road. But anyway, that was the news this afternoon. And that leaves Kirk Ferentz and Pat Fitzgerald as the two longest tenured coaches in the Big Ten. Just going back to 2013. Yeah, it's, it was, um, you know... The timing of this was weird just because most of the coaching kind of carousel stuff uh, usually takes place um, you know, right after the season. But, of course, you know, devil's in the details sometimes, and, and you see that uh, D'Antonio also picked up over $4 million in a check or a bonus for, uh, I believe, longevity uh, middle of January, so uh, that may have had little motivation uh, to do with uh, his his uh, overall exit strategy of quote unquote retiring from coaching. You know, Tom, I've been thinking about this exit strategy with the longevity bonus, and frankly, I think that should only happen in a porn movie. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying, though, is this: if they were to fire him or he would announce his retirement before the longevity I would imagine that the buyout of the contract had to be more than four and a half million yeah maybe uh, I don't know all the details of it but um, you know there's also the story in the Detroit News uh, this afternoon uh, about some testimony last night in a uh, civil uh, proceeding where um, one of the parties uh, um, you know, testified under oath that uh, Antonio, um, you know, had two uh, uh, major NCAA violations that, that he testified to. So that may have been part of the motivation for Antonio uh, deciding to, uh, quote unquote, retire from coaching. I'm not a crook. Well, sayonara to and, and good riddance. Uh, you know, um, I just, I just, thought, I just think he's an evil man. But moving on, let's move on to the fun stuff in the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And uh, really, just we were talking about it. Not only an impressive win, but what a what a fun basketball game the other day uh, on Sunday against Illinois on Super Super Bowl Sunday. You know, one of the things that can't be said about this team, Tom, is that they're boring. You know, the, the grittiness is just, it's exciting, and you always feel like they're in the games, and yet, and, and they really never get too far down either. It's just, it's just a, a different mentality. We've been talking about it all year, and you just see it night in and night out right now. They're a resilient group, and, uh, boy, it's refreshing to hear Mr. Ridge not on the, on the list this year. With the, Isn't it? With everything. It's, it's like somebody is possessing this body, and it's really not him. Well, let's go I with the good Lord. I say. do have the influenza right now, so, yeah. <laughs> he could be a vet. <laughs> NyQuil. The strength of schedule is okay. He's not uh, kvetching about that. He's just, you know, he's happy. I, I, it's true. Uh, hey, well, Tom, that net, and, and even the net, the, the formula of the net, and maybe maybe I'm wrong about this and we'll bitch about it later on, right? <laughs> But right now, even that seems to be smarter, the way that they've done that. And it, it plays into, uh, you know, Iowa's got the number 21 net moving somewhere in that, that realm. But uh, strength of schedule, you mentioned it. It's been a fun year to watch them play. They played really good teams in the non-conference. They played well. It's hard to complain about much with this team right now. 
Yeah, and, the, and all, every game other than the game coming up on Saturday against Nebraska is going to be against a quality opponent. And you know, the Big Ten teams are going to knock each other's blocks off, but they're kind of baked in the cake, so to speak, with where they're going to be at in, in the net. They're, you know, If they're in the top 50 now, they're going to probably be in the top 50 uh, the rest of the year unless they go on, you know, somebody goes on a real skid. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Big Ten teams are just going to kind of continue, you know, win two, lose one, lose two, win one kind of thing for the rest of uh, rest of this regular season. So everybody's going to kind of be in that, uh, you know, where it's good. Well, every game is going to be a quad one game pretty much the rest of the way. Well, and Tom, I think it was about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, maybe maybe even a month ago, where you were like, every Big Ten team looks like they're going to be somewhere between 12 and 8 and maybe 9 and 11. Somewhere in that neck of the woods. I mean, you might find the vast majority. The Northwestern Nebraska won't be, and then everybody else will be. Well, with the exception of maybe if somebody is able to spread out on the top and finish the season. I mean, we were just talking, Iowa's got five road games left. Is there a chance, Tom, in your mind that they can win three of those? Um, You know, if you look at uh, one thing, you know, you were talking about that a couple, it was, you know, about three weeks ago, Michigan State would have been like the top team, but like two through 12, it was, everybody was between 12 and eight and 10 and 10. So it was just pretty remarkable how um, balanced it was going to be out. It's kind of projecting out a little bit differently. If you look at the uh, at, at Ken Palm and his projections, uh, tomorrow night's game, he has Purdue favored by one. Uh, the Minnesota and Ohio State games, uh, you know, as of earlier today, he had Iowa favored by one in those games. So those are the three games I think that you're really looking at. Um, you know, it's going to, Iowa really, I think they've won what twice in like 30 years up at, uh, up at, uh, East Lansing. So I don't expect them to win there. And right. Illinois is going to be coming, or coming, uh, for bear on, uh, March 8th when Iowa comes down there. So, um, those would be the two least likely, but they've got a shot. I honestly think tomorrow night's probably their best shot to get a road win. Well, it certainly seems, but Purdue is such a Jekyll and Hyde team that who yeah. who knows what you're going to get there. I mean, uh, are they going to come out like they were at Illinois and score 37 points, or are they going to go there and beat like they did against Michigan well, State and beat them by eight? I, I think I think the way Iowa needs to win these, both Minnesota and Purdue would be teams I would I would look at and say, well, if you can get them to shoot like Iowa State did, right? You just get them to, to get super cold right away. You get out and get a lead. Uh, you know, well, that didn't happen at Nebraska. No, and it didn't happen that way. But but you could you could do that with both these teams. But yeah, yeah, Tom, I I think Purdue uh, is probably your most your most logical chance for a victory on the road. I don't feel too bad about any of them at home. Yeah, I think at home they should be able to um, you know take care of business the the rest of the way. But the you know the Purdue matchup. Here's the thing: I always come back to with this Iowa team. Even when they play terrible, like at, at Nebraska, and shoot four thirty-three from three, they still got the seventy points. They're still and, and, and they only lost by five. Score points. Yeah. yeah, and France teams are going to score points. So 
it just comes down to the question of is the the terrible offensive Purdue team going to show up? And if it is, then Iowa's going to win. Um, and I think the key matchup tomorrow is what does Iowa do with, with Big Williams' kid in the middle? Uh, because they're going to play Harms and they're going to play Williams together. Iowa doesn't have a natural uh, four-man that they have been starting. Do, do they bring in Creener and have him play there? Are they going to try and play zone? Are they going to try and have Connor or Joe uh, Camp try to guard Williams, which I don't think one-on-one, which I don't think would be a very smart thing to do, but, you know, who am I? I'm not, uh, Fran's <laughs> doing a good job, so I'll just let him make those decisions. Well, I would point out, so you're, you're, you know, I think we're making the point, I was going to score their points, and it's, in some cases, it's about their defense and how they can, how they can stop the other teams, and look at it, this last week, they lose, they score 72 and lose at Maryland, 82-72, they score 72 at home. And they win, 72-65. So offensive output, I mean, granted, games roll different ways, but you scored the same amount of points. It's the difference of how you did on the defensive end and, and possibly in the rebounding a little bit that, that turns the tide. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see. Again, it helps if teams don't shoot very well. Let me ask you this question, because Connor McCaffrey was pretty candid after the basketball game the other day. To the point, at first I didn't really think about it, but I was surprised because he – Kind of called out Tom Eads, the, one of the officials, and kind of he totally did. Was there any chance? I was surprised he didn't get into a little bit of trouble for that. Is, is was anybody worried about that? Am I the only one that thought that that was a little bit more than I expected? It was uh, it was Mike Eads, not Tom. Uh, so, oh, Mikey. Sorry, Mikey. And, I get confused. Yeah, Mike Eads and Connor was. You know, it, it had Fran said those same things. Fran would have gotten. Uh-oh. And possibly gotten suspended, but um, he is able to. You know, to, I don't know that there's any rules against student athletes, and and um, he just he really basically didn't say did. He didn't really he, say anything bad. He just said, re- "If you call the foul, there's no problem." I just think it was interesting that he named the official. Yeah, he just right. relayed a, the con- what the conversation was on the court more than anything yeah. else. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't criticizing officials. It was just. Hey, this is this stuff happens when you don't make calls, you know. And here we go. We're back into the, um, you know. And he was the uh, one of the he was the official involved Iowa, in Iowa the, the Iowa State game a couple of years yep. ago. And yep. I had completely forgotten about that until Connor brought it up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's right. He was there." So um, I, we had, we had a little sit down session with Gary Barda yesterday and after we got done asked him this uh, one of the other reporters asked him if he had heard anything from the league office about what connor had to say and he said the phone has not rang about it so i I would assume they're just kind of a play on but um i would also hope that uh, mr eads does not work any more iowa games this year because i have a feeling his whistle will be as active as it was on sunday afternoon yeah he well we could have mr eads and uh uh, big big time Teddy V. Yeah, well, it, well, Tom, I, I, did you make the point the other? Day, somebody was making the point the other day, Tom, that that it is a little bit sad that we know who the officials are, right? In some of these games, and I, I didn't, I'm not as familiar. Obviously, I right. called him Tom, right? But I know who the guy is, and you know, we've we've seen the, the Teddy Valentine, the Ed Hightower over the years. We've known who some of these guys are, and it is a little bit disconcerting that we know who they are because some of them are just. 
One of the great things in the Super Bowl is I didn't even know who was doing the game, even though they announced him beforehand. Tom, before we let you go, what, what do you think of the two basketball games this week? Um, I think Iowa's going to win both games this week. I just I just don't have a lot of faith in that Purdue team. That's a tough place to play, though. And, you know, I was talking to our Purdue big guy, and he, he's like, uh, they've been eating up, uh, you know, first-year point guards this year and, and in previous years at that building. So, and Joe Toussaint has not played well on the road. So I think that's something to really watch uh, tomorrow night is, um, the, you know, how does Joe Toussaint play? If Joe Toussaint plays well, I think they've got a, uh, a real good shot at winning. Well, and if they go with that big lineup like they did the other day, Joe's on the bench. Well, if you're going yeah. with that, uh, hopefully I will get yeah. a hopefully I will get a bench point because they didn't have any on Sunday <laughs> and still won. Good well, point. Well, the guy that's got to the guy that's got to actually go to the hole. I don't care if he misses every oh, once in a while, but Bakari Evelyn. He kept going around his guy. He had lanes. He won't shoot. I'm not saying he needs to shoot a bunch of threes. I'm saying you you got to go to the, you got to take if it. If you to got the layups, rack. you got to take them. Yeah, take it to the rack. And if you don't, you're giving the other team just opportunity. And he's got the potential. He's he and Joe Toussaint obviously are extras in this lineup that have to to deliver if they're going to continue to have success. And Bakari Evelyn the other day, I thought he played really well on defense. I thought he did a lot of things right, but a couple of times he just deferred. They got to have those guys go ahead, and I don't mind if they miss. I want them to go, be fearless, because the rest of the team is. So, right. all right, Tom. Hey, thanks for uh, checking in again this week. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. Tom, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com, HawkeyeReport.com. Get out there and check it out. You know what? Tomorrow's National Signing Day, and we need it for football. Well, but it's we had the, the second. It's one. The second one. The early. Usually, at this point, we're going through the whole thing, and it's been. You know, it's funny. I thought about asking him. You know, what do you there, think? There's, there's no. There's nobody on the horizon. They had some kid walk on today that I hadn't heard of, and you know, that's it. There's Isn't really, that how walk-ons are? Usually, yeah. Usually. I mean, unless they're from West Des Moines. But uh, right. you see all the Valley kids getting offers. Yeah, kid going to K State, Warburg. Um, I don't know. Two places I've never heard of to play football and such. That's. Good for Valley High School. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, those, a lot of the kids have moved on and had some success at the smaller colleges now, and, and I think, you know, they see it as a program now. You don't have to go. I D1, should text you know. Demo and see how he's doing up there at Augie. Yeah. Why not? South Dakota. I haven't, haven't, we haven't really paid too much attention. That would be interesting. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it is fun to watch them uh, you know, go and have some success outside of the area, even if it's not Iowa and Iowa State, right? Hopefully so Matthew places. Creighton can have a little success outside the area. Uh, on, the golf, golf. <laughs> on the golf this year? Yeah, they had a good year last year. You That's never right. No. All right, we'll come back and wrap things up on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Red Ridge, Dave Creighton, Jr. Turn me down again, please. Turning you down. Turning me down. All right. What's interesting is is that when there's no not as many people here, you want to be down low. I, and I, the more I, people that are here, you always I, want to be louder. I know, but it I'm doesn't very, work. I'm also I got a headache and I get I'm good. I'm good. We're gonna make it through. I if, didn't think if, I'd make it. I'm if anyone, if anyone can bring Ridge some soup, yeah, lots of chicken noodle soup right now. It'd be really good. I wonder. So, anyway, I bet they got the tortilla here. It's delicious. They do. Uh, would, uh, I mean, that might may not be a bad idea, considering I really don't want to go home and prepare myself, even though it's just, it's just pouring it out of a can. I mean, it's not real hard. you got to add the milk or the water. Well, 
Okay. No, I don't use the. I don't use that. I use the chunky. Well, I, there you I, go. I use the chunky. Yeah. Step above me. Hawkeye women this week. Uh, one win, one loss. They finally did. Uh, finally did lose on the road at Michigan on Sunday. They won at Penn State, seventy-seven sixty-six on Thursday. They lost seventy-eight sixty-three to the Wolverines. Kathleen Doyle and Chisano. They both fouled out like early in the second half. They, you know, so they didn't have their two, their two top top players basically, uh, two of their top four or five players at least uh, through most of that game. They made a little comeback, got it to within six or eight there in the final five minutes. Couldn't get it. Doesn't make any difference. So, Chrysler Arena is a house of horrors. It just doesn't fit for Iowa uniforms. It just isn't very good. They do have Nebraska at home. That was one of their losses uh, at the beginning of the year. So that's well, uh, Thursday, six thirty. An ass whooping. Feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I, th- I don't think they're. I don't think they'll put it on them. And then they go to Purdue on Sunday at 1 p.m. So they've got a couple of games against teams they should beat. Still in first place currently in the Big Ten. So, and their RPI, by the way, is number 12, and they are number 20 in the AP poll. But the so RPI, more importantly, number would that 12. be make them a three? It would. It would if that's if that's how they follow it. And I and based on everything Boy, I've seen, I the, wonder if the there's any chance that the men could get to a three. They'd have to win the Big Ten, and not necessarily the tournament, but probably win the regular season and probably get to the finals. Only if they were the last team on earth. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. And is there any chance they can get Northwestern State in the first round? I don't know. Payback would be a bitch for them, wouldn't it? I did see one of the one of the bracketologies had Creighton as a four seed in the same bracket as Iowa as a five, and I'm like, did they? You pay attention to them. I I know they're good. I, I watch them all the time. Are they better than Iowa? I mean, really seriously, no, are they're they different. They're just so different. And and I don't. I, just, I tell you what, I did watch them on Saturday at Villanova, and they beat the pants off them. And here's the nobody wants to play Creighton in the tournament. They shoot threes without regard, without worry, without anything. Well, they get there and they chuck them up, and when they're hot and they make them, they're really, really, really tough to beat. But here's Creighton's other problem: they play defense like all Greg McDermott teams as wow. a method by which you get the ball back and you can play and offense. You can play offense, yeah. So they're not great, but on Saturday at Villanova, and see, Creighton played Villanova. Oh gosh. Five, six weeks ago at home, had them down and then blew the game at the end. And Villanova came back and ended up winning the game by, like, say, six. So them doing what they did in Philadelphia uh, to that Villanova team. The Big East, in my opinion, is the second-best conference in the country. Big Ten, one. Big East, two. I, I, what are you going to say? The ACC, they got, two, they got three yeah. teams. Yeah, I'm not the Big 12's right got three teams that might make the tournament. Oh, you know who's got brutal basketball right now it's a pack 12 good heaven not even oregon well they got they got one or they got one or two but i'm saying i was watching first of all nobody goes to their games at all ucla was on the other there's like eight people then D- i watched dozens washington. there was watching washington state seriously i'm not sure that there there was anybody watching that game i mean there's just you know colorado's pretty good oregon's pretty good colorado's decent at home for sure i yeah. think or i think Dana's got a good uh, good program up there at Oregon. I think they're going to be tough to handle. But other than that, I can tell you, it's it's. I watch Arizona's I, not all that great this year. I think they're near the top twenty five or ranked. Well, and Bobby Bobby Hurley down there at Arizona State. Who knows? Maybe the NCAA basketball tournament of the March Madness issue is going to be madness, and uh, without question, I mean the person who knows the least will likely win the pool in the office. It would be amazing. 
if somehow the seeds just went along this year. Cause it, and it very, very rarely happens. I always love it when people say, oh, what a terrific job they did seeding the tournament because of all these close games and upsets. And I'm like, no, that meant they completely missed it, right? If you got a bunch of upsets, that means you didn't do a I'm good s- job. I'm still convinced that you the know? best way to but, seed the NCAA basketball tournament would be to have Vegas do it. And so you, all the lower seeds would be the favorites. Yep, yep. you can go with that. Yep. But, you know, when you've got 12s that are favored over 5s and 13s that are two-point underdogs to 4s, you have an indication that maybe the tournament committee doesn't really recognize the benefit and the power of some of those smaller uh, conference schools. But nevertheless, it's really fun to have the Hawks. Dude, when we started doing this in the beginning of August, think I kept thinking about Hawkeye basketball. I knew the wrestling team would be good, but think about it, Hawkeye basketball going, what are we going to be talking about if they're... Uh, we're, playing we've like, had it for a couple of years ago. Remember, if they're just playing like Iowa, Iowa or Iowa like State, State is, yeah. you know, in the way that they're struggling um, to put a cohesive unit on, on the floor. And this it, Tom Caker put it exactly, exactly right. This team's gritty, and they, and they really have a, I don't give a F about anything when it comes to how the basketball game's going. Because they have the confidence that they're going to be able to turn it around, make a stop or two. It, it's sort of like the Chiefs on Sunday, going back to the Super Bowl, is is we were sitting there in third and 15, and I'm pretty sure most Chiefs fans here were thinking, oh, boy, this thing's over. We're in big, big they trouble. One, they, they needed and, one play, And right? they, they get the 44-yard play to Tyreek. They punch it in. And then I pulled the captain obvious. Boy, this would be important if the Chiefs defense could get a three and out here, which they did. And then they got great field position and and went down and scored to take the lead. And then, you know, they finished the game off, uh, you know, appropriately by stopping San Francisco twice. That's what Iowa basketball sort of seems like to me. It doesn't matter where we are in a game or whatever. We're going to keep doing what we do. Fran ran a couple great out-of-bounds plays uh, to get easy layups. Joe going to the hole. I've seen a lot more of that in the last five, six games where he's getting layups and dunks, not just breakaways, but in the course of the offense. Luka Garza, we hardly even talk about him because it's such a regular occurrence. The dude was 25 and 10 the other day. Didn't score for the first 15 minutes. 25 and 10 against Coburn, who's just, it was uh, seven times. Big Ten freshman player. Who the, the, the really week. believes that the CK in his name? I is just silent. said it that, as it if sil- it were. Are you sure it's silent? Oh, he's Jamaican. I'm going to go with that. Okay. It's jerk, Coburn. <laughs> Not that he's a jerk. No, I'm just saying. It's the spice. That ain't how it's spelled. I'm just saying. I don't know. It's, it, it, I, it's the red stripe man. It, it is. So, um, by the way. Hawkeye baseball next week. Did oh, you know there that? you go. Did you know that? Uh, no. Not this week. Next week, uh, next weekend. They're no, I did not know that. I do not know that. I'm glad to hear that. They, um, they're in pick to, to finish uh, in the top five in the Big Ten. So looking forward to actually getting that started this year. They've got, they've if, got a lot of returning If that guys, were to happen, keep, that would... keep guys healthy, and they'll be fine. It'd be good. How much are they expecting out of Connor? I don't know. I mean, uh, he's I, 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 hopefully I, he's not even he's part, able to play until April. Right. I don't. Well, but it doesn't. So the, the thing that you, you'll figure out about, we've said it before, Heller starts off the year and he plays a ton of young guys. 
They go play these tournaments in Florida and Arizona, and they come back and have an average record. Then come along the Big Ten, he starts kind of figuring out where he wants guys and who he really wants in there. And they go and they compete. And they compete like crazy and get better and better. So I don't think they're going to worry too much about the fact that Connor can't play for him for a while. There's plenty of other guys on that team that they've been they've been grooming. We'll see what happens. But I do think there's obviously a spot because kid's good. He's good. Well, he's you, good you've been telling I've, me all I've, along he's a better baseball player than basketball player. He's he's got and he quick, leads the country in assist to turnover hand. ratio. Well, he's got very that's very just quick hands. Insanely stupid. It, it is. He's got very very quick hands, and I'm I'm happy that he didn't get in trouble for. I I, I thought he said that things were very nice. You should have seen him in his freshman dorm. The quick hands. <laughs> We next to the getting up on the on the temple. Or temple. Yeah, let's on go the with the foundry. Foundry, the foundry last foundry call. distillery last call. Why don't you bring it? Bring it home, Ridgie. Bring, bring it home. Let's not forget to uh, thank Big Cause and G Migs, of course. Kozlowski <coughs> Law. Uh, prayers to him. He's got a little thing going tomorrow. So, just uh, if you're out there, oh, that's right. Yeah, if you're yeah, out yeah. there listening, uh, think of Big Cause tomorrow. He's got a procedure. Not a big deal. Hopefully, we'll just uh, remember that. We'll try to ride that out. And that's right. Keep him in our, our thoughts. All right. That's uh, also, coming. before we start the Foundry Distillery, happy birthday to Tom and Ella, faithful listener and contributor and down here at yeah, G-Mix. Here every week. Uh, that's right. For us, so that's always good, too. Um, <coughs> hold on. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's my cough. He's right. dying. I'm good. Sweating, but still good. All right. right. So, Purdue tomorrow night, uh, Saturday, Nebraska at home. Nebraska at home, not a problem, right? Yeah, that's what we said with Nebraska on the road. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't think it'll be a problem this time. I do think there's. I, th- I think that game will be. They'll be more pesky than we want them to be because I. You know, Iowa I was trying to go. I just played a gauntlet at home, right? But I was trying to get tickets to go to that game out. once, Harry. Not only was it sold out, even on the StubHub and all that, they're like sixty five dollars a head. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't love the Hawks, but I can stay at home for one hundred thirty dollars. I think. So the Penn State game is now sold out. I think I saw it. And they, I was listening to the other station. They said, oh, there's tickets available for the weeknight games. I don't think so. I think they're sold out the rest of the year. Well, the, there may, there may be tickets, games. but I'll bet you they're singles. Yeah, they're not, there's not much. Um, but um, Iowa at home Saturday afternoon, they're fine. That's like at 5, isn't it? I, I like Purdue. So, yes, it's a 5 o'clock game yeah. uh, on Saturday. Tomorrow night, uh, 6.01. I... I imagine this. I like Iowa tomorrow night, and I like Iowa because I think Purdue can't shoot straight. And and Iowa is not going to run into a, every year. Purdue seems to just shoot lights out when even when they're not good. Not going to happen. But they don't have that guy this year, though. They don't. And the the only thing they can do is they're going to play. They're going to play Luca as tough as they can, but he still gets his. And the well, other guys are going to contribute. You know, this is going to be pretty tough for Luca. Rick Harms is what he seven three. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not even sure his name's Rick. Harms. <laughs> Harms. We, I don't know. Luca is going to go into Harms' way. I had Tom Eads earlier, Mikey. So, yeah, whatever. Well, that is an easy thing. And it's funny you said that because the other Eads has got bad hair. But anyway, I'll take it out. You're you're sitting over here. You're sweating. You you roughed it out. For all of you down here at GMAG, thanks for coming out and joining us. Those of you who listen every week. Appreciate it so much. Listen to us on thehawkeyehuddle.com. For Brett Ridge, I'm Dave Creighton, Jr. Thanks to all our sponsors, our great friends. Love you all. Take care.